Carrie Lake invited a New York Times photographer to milk a bull. <laughs> you know, that, that, that could be the lipstick on a pig of the 2024 election. What's up? <laughs> what? I'm not making that up. That happened. It's happened in Iowa. Listen, when you get a bunch of Republicans together at the Iowa State Fair and they're all vying for some kind of uh, political position in 2024, you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, luckily, I do. Uh, this is Mark K. Saves the Republic. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for joining us. In addition to that, the left continues to lose faith in their man, Joe and one of the top uh, propagandists of the last 20 years for the for the Democrat Party has clearly turned on Joe Biden and is using his platform to call him out as a liar. We'll bring you that story here in just a minute, too. Uh, a couple of things I want to share with you, though. Over the weekend, I released a recording uh, I, um, that was based on some of your feedback, some of your, your questions, some things that um, you guys asked me to do as part of a survey. You may remember I did this survey a few weeks ago and you guys were so great and so generous with your answers. There were, man, we got, we got hundreds of answers on this survey for this special event that I'm, um, that I'm speaking at where they asked me to talk not just about politics and conservatism, but really being a conservative influencer, being a conservative broadcaster, being a conservative business person, an entrepreneur in the marketplace and how to, you know, how to just kind of navigate the minefield that could lead to doxing and cancellation and deplatforming and demonetization. And how is it that somebody with a conservative message, somebody so so ingrained in conservative politics and constitutionality and, well, common sense, <laughs> like I am, how is it that I've managed to uh, get out unscathed? And so before I do that um, presentation or before I, you know, I put that presentation together, I asked you guys for your feedback, and I want to thank you so much for the hundreds of people who were, we got some really great ideas and really great notes. And what I did over the weekend was I kind of threw together something um, as a thank you. Uh, one of the things a lot of people talked about was they were concerned about putting themselves out there on the internet, whether it's video or audio or Twitter or their business, whatever, and getting canceled. And so I put together a little presentation. It's a 30 minute, it's a 30 minute audio recording. And if you go to cancelproofed.com, cancelproofed.com, and I'll put it here, um, I'll put it in the link or something. Uh, I put together something called the seven biggest blunders conservative entrepreneurs make that get them canceled overnight. The seven biggest blunders conservative entrepreneurs make that get them canceled overnight. And if you'd like to go uh, listen to that, it's absolutely free. It's 100% free. But if you're a conservative, uh, conservative entrepreneur, if you're a capitalist, if you have conservative beliefs, even Christian values and Christian beliefs, and because, you know, a lot of times Christians are, are, are persecuted as well, despite, you know, even if they're not necessarily conservative, even if they don't vote Republican, um, if you have Christian morals and values uh, and you're a business owner, man, they'll come after you. <laughs> they will. The devil will be knocking on your door and they will try to take you down to Chinatown. Um, you can't let that happen. And so I, I put together the seven biggest blunders that conservative entrepreneurs make that get them canceled overnight. It's free. Go to cancelproofed.com, cancelproofed.com, and you can hear it. And again, that's my thank you for everybody who took the survey. That was one of the biggest questions uh, that people had. Um, and so I'm glad we could respond to it. All right, let's get back to Iowa for a minute. Iowa is a very interesting place to be. I've never been to Iowa um, but I really want to go. And I kind of wish I'd gone this week because this is probably, this will be like no other week in Iowa that we've seen. The Iowa State Fair is always a big um, gathering for these conservative, uh, really, I mean, 
The Iowa State Fair is usually a big gathering for all politicians, but because Iowa and the Iowa caucus is first this year for the Republicans, because the Democrats got really mad last year, last time around four years ago, they were furious. They were so mad that Iowa couldn't figure out which Democrat they liked better, Pete Buttigieg or Bernie Sanders. They were so mad that the ballots couldn't get counted in a timely fashion. They were so mad that they were so mad that nobody wanted Joe Biden. Think about this. The Iowa caucus, it was it was a disaster. And they'll tell you it's because they weren't able to solidify the winner. Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg were so close in that race. And people don't remember this. They were that they were fighting for first place. Joe Biden wasn't even. I think that's the really real reason the DNC was mad, because their man didn't even get enough votes. So they moved it out of Iowa and they moved it to South Carolina, where D Joe Biden had a stranglehold on the vote, namely because James Clyburn, the African-American representative who's like also 90 years old and has been there forever, basically demanded that all his constituents vote for Joe Biden. When Joe Biden flubbed it in Iowa, when he flubbed it in New Hampshire, he couldn't risk losing out to Bernie Sanders or Pete Buttigieg again. The Democrats needed him to get to the White House. They needed him to protect all their secrets and all their crimes and all their corruption. So they called up James Clyburn and James Clyburn talked to all his constituents and said, y'all vote for Biden. That's my James Clyburn impression. Y'all vote for Biden. I mean it now. And that's it. That's all it took, really. Well, look, James Clyburn is very popular. He's a very popular Democrat representative. He's very popular, probably one of the most powerful men in South Carolina, no matter what Lindsey Graham will tell you. <laughs> Lindsey Graham, that guy. Oh, yeah, that, that's like Lindsey Graham is the anti-Clyburn. When Lindsey Graham tells people to do something, they tell him to go stuff it. They're like, go screw yourself, Lindsey. We don't we don't like you, you warmongering uh, pooty head. I don't know. That's not a direct quote. I just, you know, I don't like to swear on the podcast. Uh, but James Clyburn's the other way around. James Clyburn tells everyone to do something. They're like, OK, I'll go vote for Biden. Sure. He may put me into an inflationary, uh, economically, uh, financially uh, unstable position. He may raise the prices of everything that I need to support my family, like gas and food and education. He may cause the price of my house to just plummet. He may do all that stuff. But you know what? I'll vote for him because James Clyburn told me to. <laughs> that's basically that's basically what it boils down to. And so. Uh, Joe Biden won South Carolina and then he went on and he won a bunch of other stuff, but, to, but Iowa is not going to be a big, I mean, well, there's no, I mean, there's no, there's an incumbent. So there's no real jockeying for a position in the Democrat party, but in the Republican party, man, it is a totally different story. It was wild. It was wild. Pretty much everybody was there and they were acting like they just don't care. They were putting on a show, man, uh, literally a show Vivek Ramaswamy, who I think is like number two. In the poll, the, the, Vivek Ramaswamy is just skyrocketing. He's everywhere. He's saying the right things. He's doing the right things. People love that guy. He's got the he's got the support. He's got the the uh, you know he's like a he's got the Donald Trump mentality, but in this younger, hipper package um, that that millennials just I mean they 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 clamor for this guy Gen Y. They love this guy. Um, and he got up and he started to rap again because he likes to rap. Eminem's "Lose Yourself." Yeah, that's it. And I'm not going to play anymore because of a copyright infringement and B, Eminem's not a big fan of conservatives. In fact, I imagine if Vivek Ramaswamy hasn't yet, he's pretty soon Marshall Mathers LLC or Eminem Incorporated or whoever the whoever the owns the rights to that song these days, they're going to hit Vivek Ramaswamy with a cease and desist order pretty gosh darn quickly because 
Eminem is not a fan of conservatism. He's not a fan of Donald Trump, and he is not excited. I guarantee that Lose Yourself, his signature song, is the number one karaoke choice for uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. So I imagine that's going to be coming uh, pretty soon. Ron DeSantis was there, and he was uh, he was ripping off lines from Field of Dreams again. And he stops and he says, Daddy, is this heaven? <laughs> I said, no, son, it's Iowa. <laughs> yeah, that's him there. He was being interviewed. Uh, it was, <laughs> he was being interviewed by Kim Reynolds, who is the governor of Iowa. Kim Reynolds uh, brought him out on stage. Apparently people were chanting for Donald Trump when Ron DeSantis came out on stage and she had to tell the crowd, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're going to be respectful. And then he told the Iowa, no, son, this is, uh, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa, which is a ripoff from uh, the Field of Dreams movie. Also, he needed a little bit. I don't feel like he could have. I feel like he could have had a little bit more emotion. And, and he looks at me, he says, Daddy, is this heaven? And I said, no, son, it's Iowa. Like, I would have liked a little bit more of that. Anyway, Donald Trump didn't speak, but that's because Donald Trump didn't have to. Donald Trump just has to show up in Iowa. And that's what he did. And then there was USA, USA, and then there were there was the throwing of the MAGA hats, which is a ceremonial thing. Then and it was the whole time from the time Trump Force One landed in Iowa, from the time Trump Force One hit the tarmac to the time it was wheels up and he was off to Bedminster to host the Live Golf Tour. It was all Trump all the time. The crowds loved him. They were cheering for him. They were they were ecstatic to see him. They were getting autographs. Matt Gates was there and they were chit chatting with each other. They were interviewing. Uh, you heard the chanting that was I mean, that was that was typically the media even followed Donald Trump around and they tried to pepper him with questions and tried to get him to admit wrongdoing and things that he didn't do wrong and all that. So it was fantastic. But really, my favorite part of the whole thing had to have been Carrie Lake and Carrie Lake, as you know, ran for governor against Katie Hobbs, was not successful for whatever reason. Uh, but Carrie Lake is now, <laughs> she's either running for, I don't know, Carrie Lake is either running for Senate in Arizona, or he's, she's running for vice president with Donald Trump. And we're not really, she's in this unique position where since she's not the governor, since she didn't win, since she's not really doing anything, she can just campaign, but it's a, it's a, it's a sticky situation because a lot of, she's like the front runner for the Senate seat. In Arizona, which is very important, we need some conservative senators in the uh, in the next. We need some we need some conservative senators who can win and who can go to Washington D.C. and who can take votes away from the Democrats, so that if Donald Trump wins or if any Republican wins, they're going to have a Senate and a House of Representatives that are in their camp that are doing what they need to be uh, need to get done. That they are they are passing the laws that need to be passed, and they're not stifling any kind of conservative uh, conservative conservative agenda. I don't know why I can't say conservative today. That's like the fifth time. I've I think it's because I have a canker sore and I put some, um, I have a little canker sore on the inside. Of, you don't want to hear this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I have a canker sore on the inside of my upper lip and I got some canker, you know, the pain relief stuff that numbs your lip. But every now and then, since it's on the top of my lip and there's this thing called gravity, uh, what happens is it'll drip or it'll dribble or it just whatever happens. And my tongue gets a little numb, too. And I think my tongue's a little numb, which is why it's tough for me to say conservative. But uh, anyway, um, anyway, so we need some good conservative uh, senators and, and House, uh, you know, congressmen and women so that we can really pass some some great America first 
uh, legislation. Anyway, Carrie Lake goes to Iowa because when you're running for the Senate or when you're potentially going to be the vice president, that's what you do. And there's this, let me set the scene for you here. I don't know if you've ever been to an Iowa cattle stall, <laughs> but or like any, just imagine any state fair. At any state fair, they have the rides, you know, they have the games and they have the, they have the, uh, the food is very exciting stuff. And there's people and that, you know, that's all to entertain the family because the farmers would bring their hogs and heifers and cows and horses and chickens and ducks and goat, whatever their prize squash, I guess corn is a big thing in Iowa, whatever. And they would have competitions to see who would win the best, this, the best, that, the best, the other, and then they could sell that stuff at auction later on. Uh, so anyway, so she's in the she's in the cattle barn area with the stalls and there's cows in all these stalls and she's in one of the stalls on a stool. She's got you on her little carry like stool and she she's got her she's got her hands on the teats and she's just, you know, just squeezing the teats and there's a whole crowd of people. I mean, the photographers, I'm going to tell you, there's so much paparazzi. You'd think it was like Paris Hilton coming out of the club. I mean, it was amazing. It was like it was like Justin Bieber uh, after he got in that car wreck or after he got his DUI in Miami. That's how many paparazzi there were. Just they all want to get a picture of Carrie Lake milking this cow. And Carrie Lake turns up and uh, asks who's from the New York Times. Listen to this. This is crazy. There's only two genders. Hold on. Sorry. She looks up and she says, which one of you? You know, what? I'm going to play the whole thing here. Listen to this. This is great. Which one of you is from the New York Times? You know, there's only two genders, right? I just pictures. There's only two genders, and they know that in Iowa. I challenge the New York Times reporter and the Washington Post reporter to try to milk a cow and then try to milk a bull and see how that goes. Oh, it's just fantastic. First of all, this, this she. <laughs> it's a great quote. It's a great quote, and it's a great image, too. Uh, but I love she goes, which one of you is from the New York Times? And like an idiot, this woman answers, I am... But she's got a camera hand. She's clearly just a photographer. And Carrie Lake says, I challenge you. Or she goes, "How you know there's only two genders, right? And the lady goes, um, I just take pictures. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm not a political reporter or an opinion. I'm not writing articles. I just take pictures. Um, so Carrie Lake says, well, I challenge the New York Times to what? Come here, milk a cow, and then milk a bull and see how that goes. Now, I've never milked either. Um, but I know what she's, I know what she's getting at. I, you know, the milking of the bull thing, <laughs> I feel, I feel like, you know, if your hands are warm and you have a gentle technique, I, yeah, I don't need, never mind. You know what? I've, I've already said, <laughs> I've already said, but that's Iowa, folks. That's Iowa. That's the Iowa State Fair during a presidential, uh, presidential primary. Ron DeSantis is quoting uh, his favorite movies about Iowa. Vivek Ramaswamy is rapping to Eminem. Donald Trump's just walking around getting, Four more years, four more years, uh, chanted at him wherever he goes. And um, Don and um, Carrie Lake is milking a cow and uh, talking about gender identity. God, I, wish, I really wish I'd been there. In four years from now, I'm going. I'm Because, I mean, I, I don't know if Donald Trump will be there or not, but four more years, it's going to be, I'm, it's going to be insanity. I'm excited. Uh, listen, before we get out of here, there's one more thing that I, I do want to talk a little bit about, and that is how, that is how, the left is clearly abandoning their chosen candidate. And by the left, I mean Chuck Todd. And by their chosen candidate, I mean Joe Biden. Joe Biden, Chuck Todd actually said something which makes a lot of sense. And I really wish more people 
in the media would take this stance or ask this question because, you know, it. I think we've all right. Let me let me backtrack a little bit. I think we've gotten to the point now where I think we've gotten to the point now where the media can no longer cover up for the corruption of the left. It, there's a point like you can cover up for a while. You can just ignore it. You can just walk away. You can indict Trump. You can say, wait a minute, over here, something really bad. But let's look at this thing over here that doesn't really exist. You can do that for a while. But after a while, the, you know, the lies, the deceit, the criminality, the, the, the two tiered system of justice, the, the, um, I mean, it's just, it, it just gets to be too much and it's too much to even ignore. I mean, when you have this, this nepotism, the way you have in the executive branch right now between Hunter and Joe, and of course, all the other Bidens who were involved in this, this uh, criminal scheme to launder money from foreign dictators and tyrants and people who hate the United States, but love to purchase influence from Joe Biden. When you do all that, there only there comes a point where, gosh, you have to. I mean, it's just it's tough to it's tough to play the game anymore if you're the media. And like it's, it all started on Friday when Merrick Garland came out and announced that uh, what's his name? Weiss was good, now going to be the special prosecutor. And he said, I'm going to make him the special prosecutor. That way he'll have all of the powers that he needs. Listen, if you missed it on Friday, listen to how the press reacted when he left. Thank you. If you as a journalist had the authorities he needed, why does he need to be a special counsel? Do you still have faith in U.S. Attorney Weiss after the deal fell apart? Okay, so the first, two great questions. The first question is, because Merrick Garland always said, you know, what's his name? Uh, The special prosecutor, David Weiss said, I didn't have the power to, or the whistleblowers actually said, David Weiss didn't have the power to uh, take this to a federal court. He had to check with Merrick Garland. He had to get approval. And Merrick Garland constantly said, no, 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 that's not true. He had all, I gave him full reign. He could he had the authority to do whatever he needed. He had the authority to do whatever he wanted. He had the authority to charge, not charge in Delaware and DC, wherever he wanted to go. It was on him. It was David Weiss's decision. We left him in charge. He was appointed by Trump. He was the go-to guy. And then on Friday, he comes out and says, you know what? David Weiss asked me to make him a special prosecutor. And now he has supreme authority. And this reporter, I don't know who she is or if she's still working for whatever outlet she was working for, goes, well, if he had the authority before, why does he need to be a special prosecutor now? If he had the authority before, you're, you're, you're not making any sense. You're telling us one thing and you're doing something else. That's a great question. Here was Chuck Todd over the weekend on Meet the President. President Biden's handling of the case has raised questions at a time when voters already have doubts about his age and political standing. Biden brought his son to a state dinner just two days after the plea deal that has since collapsed was announced. And he has repeatedly defended him, denying wrongdoing altogether, even though Hunter Biden himself has pled guilty. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Do you remember that plea deal? And he's right about that. There's some instances where they play some instances on uh, NBC. Here it is. I'm confident. First of all, my son's done nothing wrong. I trust him. I have faith in him. Thank you. Did you encourage Yeah. So basically what happened is Chuck Todd saying, look, Joe Biden is always up there saying, my son's done nothing wrong. My son's done nothing wrong. My son's done nothing wrong. Yet Hunter Biden himself copped a plea saying, yes, I didn't report my taxes in a timely fashion twice. Yes, I actually uh, tried to get a gun permit, lied on the application while I was under the influence of uh, illicit drugs. Yes, I did that. He said, I've done one, two, three things wrong. At least those are the ones he's admitted to. 
that plea deal fell apart. But before he, but before it fell apart, he was all ready to sign it until he realized that he couldn't get immunity from all the other crap he's done wrong. And that's when they decided this deal's, this deal's not, this deal's not for us. So Hunter Biden has stood up in front of everybody and said, "I've done some things that were pretty bad. I've done some things that I need to be held accountable for." And Joe Biden continues to lie about it and say, "Nope, he's done nothing wrong." And now Chuck Todd is asking questions and now reporters are asking questions of Merrick Garland. And now everyone's looking around finally and asking these questions going, you know, what is going on with Joe and Hunter Biden? Why is it that Joe keeps protecting his son when clearly there's some wrongdoing? And why is it that Merrick Garland is now elevating a guy to an, a, a, a position of ultimate authority when he's been telling us for months that guy already had the ultimate authority? Something's not adding up. And even though we figured it out months ago, years ago, rather, the Democrats may or may not finally be jumping on board. Listen, get your go to cancelproofed.com and, and listen to that free recording, especially if you are a conservative entrepreneur, a conservative influencer, if you're a conservative small business owner, if you want to be any of those things, if you're just worried about getting doxxed or canceled or anything like that, it's a it's a it's a 30-minute recording. It's um the seven biggest blunders that conser conservative entrepreneurs make uh, that get them canceled overnight. It's my gift to you. The website again is cancelproofed.com. C-A-N-C-E-L-P-R-O-O-F-E-D.com. Go there and listen to it. Also, thank you so much for listening today. Don't forget to like, share, follow, download every single day. We're getting closer and closer to 2024. We're getting closer and closer to defeating these horrible people who are manipulating the government for their own personal benefit. We are getting closer and closer to taking our country back. But it's going to take all of us every single day, dedicated and determined and impassioned and taking action and doing whatever we need to do 